El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, I don't do anything. Haven't for a long time. Joining me today, he is my co-host on an Unpops Network bonus podcast that you can hear every month if you subscribe on Patreon or Supercast. The name of that podcast is 69 Minutes. And the name of that co-host is Chet Wild. Ladies and gentlemen, Chet Wild. Also joining me, she is also my co-host on an Unpops Network bonus podcast that you can hear if you subscribe on Patreon or Supercast. The name of that podcast is Trend Pony. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack. And the name of that co-host Jen Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, Jen Scott. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host this week. Ooh, my favorite co-host of all. No co-host. But I do have a couple of guests And they're my co-hosts on other podcasts, so it's like I have two co-hosts today, but not really, because I'm calling the fucking shots. Also, it all pays the same. That too. Whoa, Chet revealing. Chet spilling the tea. Hey, that's Chet Wild. I'm subbing for danger. I'm taking his bag today. Yeah, Danger was supposed to be here. He was supposed to bring his unique brand of idealism to this (laughs) episode and unfortunately Uh, i had contractors at my house when we were supposed to record so i had to reschedule i'm jen and i was always supposed to be here because i do this thing where i don't stop talking to adam about something until we talk about it on the podcast yeah yeah that's i was supposed to be i love when someone texts me and says hey can we do an episode about this because that's one last idea i have to come up with so yes oh yeah i'm always like hello can we talk about this and then i'll like not hear a response because adam's probably busy and then i'll like send like five more texts because i don't have boundaries yeah caitlin texted me about a pretty scary idea she wants to do and she's like do you mind if i do a monthly podcast it's like do you want to do a weekly podcast and i'll just fucking hang out I'll do a fucking daily podcast. Do it. We're doing a daily podcast on the sports pod right now. John Daly. Chet and I are going to change our morning uh, phone call to a podcast. We just, we were waiting to tell you. that. Yeah, I got software on my phone that just records phone calls. We can just upload that. Yeah. Okay. Chet records all conversations he has. People don't know that. Very underrated aspect about Chet. <laughs> Just work calls. It would be so funny if we committed to that bit of having a morning phone call podcast. But unfortunately, as Unpops listeners know, Chet Wilde doesn't do bits. So Most podcasts are morning phone call podcasts. So, Good morning, Chet. Turn. It's Jen. What are we wearing today? Same thing I wear every day. A cool. smile. A positive <laughs> attitude. And a fucking Bills hat. Yep. Hey. Yeehaw. What are we talking about this week? We introduced Jen, right? Jen Scott's here. She introduced herself. Yep. Very rude. Very rude. Jen Scott's here. Hey. Okay. 
<laughs> so I'm rude. We've established this. No need to name call. A while ago. Yeah. Beating a dead horse. Come on. We're talking about some unpopular opinions today. And uh, uh, this first one, this is the this is what inspired this episode is this whole Spotify debacle. And I've got I've got some mixed feelings on it. For one thing, we need to specify that the Spotify Joe Rogan debacle in question that we're referring to is him being accused of spreading misinformation about COVID on his show, not him using the N word repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly on his show for years and years and years. Right, 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 right. Which was pre-established before Spotify signed him. Yeah, if anything, also, Spotify when, knew when Spotify. Um, it's been interesting to to I I uh, indulge in following Jordan and Michaela Peterson because I'm a masochist, and they're like their minds are blown that Spotify has taken down episodes. And it's like you do realize when Spotify first had Rogan, they they deleted a shitload of episodes right out of the gate. I did not know that, did they? I didn't know that either. Yeah, and also like with the Proud Boys guys and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like there are some very transphobic, for lack of a better word, problematic episodes that Spotify is like, yeah, we're not going to pl- platform that. And Rogan said right out of the gate, yeah, like, I don't care. Yeah. That's... And then history is being rewritten on our attitudes about it. Yeah, I, I think my problem is. It's not my attitude about it. <laughs> People got so militant about it right away. And I don't know, delete Spotify if you want, but it's such a. Such an easy thing. I feel like thing. you're just inconven- inconveniencing yourself. You're not like taking any actionable cause towards not spreading misinformation. You already know what happened. The people that aren't going to give a shit about it and hear it are going to hear it. Like you're not changing that by not having Spotify on your phone because you disagree with somebody. Yeah. And I would argue you're not even inconveniencing yourself because you can just switch to title. You can switch to Apple Music. And here's the thing. All those companies are probably evil in their own special little way as well. But say, oh, I'm going to cancel Spotify. That's that's not that much effort. So Spotify doesn't pay their artists, you idiots. Yeah, they don't. They don't pay that much. What are you doing? But at the same time, I get it. Like if that's if that's the the protest you want to make, then make it. But my concern with. The Spotify thing and this notion that Joe Rogan, I don't know, do people want Joe Rogan kicked off Spotify? Here's, can I, can I weigh in on the, the nuance that has gotten lost in this conversation? Like, mm-hmm. absolutely as most not. Things, as most things that are driven by Twitter, it starts as a subtle, nuanced idea and then quickly becomes two dichotomous, polarized camps. And if you have any disagreeing, nuanced opinion on either side, then you're automatically assumed to be the other side. Um, it started, well, maybe it didn't start, but what, what started getting a lot of mainstream attention was there a shitload of doctors and, and qualified uh, public health and, and, and other health officials saying like, hey, Spotify, you need to do something about you have a responsibility as a publisher, as the sole host of this content when it's spewing out misinformation to millions and millions of people a week to do something about that. To put some type of disclaimer on that, to talk to your boy and be like, hey, you need to fucking take it down a notch or to have, you know, voices that that balance out those views. And then it somehow morphed into this idea of deplatforming and, and deleting Rogan off Spotify. And I hear most of 
the people I hear saying get Rogan off Spotify are people on the right or people on Team Rogan, for lack of a better term, saying that other people are saying he needs to be deleted off Spotify. And that wasn't the original stance or position. It's just people wanting Spotify to take responsibility. Spotify does that thing Facebook does. Oh, we're a tech company. We're not a publisher. But when you pay that guy $100 million or whatever it is, specifically for him to only live on your platform, you are now in the role of a publisher. So they, from my perspective, can't be completely hands off. They have a responsibility as somebody that's invested in a lot in that guy being the publisher. It's no different than a New York Times posting somebody's written words like they're choosing to pay a bunch of money to have that author on their paper yeah here's my concern joe rogan when he moved to spotify i think that was a good thing and there are studies out there that we'll we'll get into in a second that show he actually lost a bunch of influence when he switched to just being on spotify yeah, to pop in here real quick, Adam, like I deleted my Spotify. I don't mean to get into all that. But like I think it's a good idea that Rogan stays on Spotify. You keep him kind of in this box. Yeah, in that's – green circle. Yeah, it's containment. Like that's – we. the world would be a much better place if we just handled Saddam Hussein that way. The people also, that- I'm just tired of dealing with moral issues about like the state of health in America by intertwining them into big corporations. Like we shouldn't have to be basing these decisions like based on what corporations have apps on your phone – like you're talking about supporting somebody who's spreading misinformation and that's a great conversation that we're starting to have now but like the fact that it's just so deeply webbed in with one thing making money essentially it's just like it doesn't make any sense because i, I don't even know how to it well, makes all I mean? the sense that's what late stage capitalism is no it's so fucked though but it's just i'm just tired of it i guess is the point yeah. I'm just tired of being like, oh, well, this is now an issue of having Spotify on my phone, not a dude who's spreading misinformation. Like it's just become something completely different. And because it's like a weird protest that makes no sense and doesn't affect anything. But I don't even I I think most of the people pushing this polarizing and, you know, I live in my own bubble, right? That has its own biases and blind spots. But the people that I that I see making the point about, oh, all these people are trying to cancel Rogan and delete their Spotify. It's just voting with your dollars. That's all it is. I'm not saying take Rogan off Spotify. I'm saying I, I don't want to. I've been paying. I was last paying $14.99 a month. I've been paying Spotify for, you know, since 2014. That's thousands of dollars. Uh, if if they're if they're paying that guy a fuck ton of money and they're paying other artists shit, like a bunch of comedians had their shit taken off in December, November. They're stand up because Spotify was treating comics uh, with such trash. Like, yeah, I'd just rather, you know, and Adam sold me on this years ago and it just took me a while to transfer. I'd rather support Title or other places where uh, my money, although it's still in capitalism and all that shit, uh, my money is being uh, better distributed to the artists that I'm listening to. The streaming service I use is called Cobuz, Q-O-B-U-Z. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's French. But uh, it's a French company. I don't know if that word's French or if it's even a word. But they pay their artists – they pay artists the most of the streaming services, which all these streaming services barely pay artists anything. Yeah. But they pay the most. They have lossless audio, like high-res audio. 
And also they have a download store, and I've been buying a lot of digital music lately. And when you – they have one of their streaming plans. If you subscribe to that, you get like really deep discounts on buying digital music too. So plug, plug, plug. That's what I use. If people want to go out and try it, I get no money if you do. You can plug code UNPOPS in at checkout and see if it does anything for you. But I guarantee it's not. But I still tell people to do things like that. It's fun. Uh, As a quick sidebar, like the majority of artists that I listen to the most on Spotify, I own their vinyl or albums or merch or something else. It's like, yeah, it's more of the convenience. I can't carry a vinyl record around, you know, totally. while I'm out for a walk. Yeah, it just it's super hard to support stuff. You really have to make a decision to spend your money on it. And like Spotify is definitely not really effective in doing that. If that's what you're trying to like do is so show support for art that you like, then you really need to like show it with money. <laughs> yeah. Which is, shitty but late stage capitalism so yeah and yeah i just i i guess with the joe rogan spotify thing i don't know what people want like it can't be that you want him kicked off spotify because he's i mean here's the thing if he was kicked off spotify and was then spread out everywhere else yeah that would that would hurt him a little like he would lose whatever audience he had with spotify but those people that are listening on Spotify are more likely to go somewhere else to listen to Joe Rogan than him going exclusive to Spotify. Not as many people are going to follow him to Spotify. So I think it's best to just keep him there. The The Verge did a study in 2021 about Joe Rogan's influence since he went to Spotify and Spotify doesn't give out download numbers or anything like that. So you can't really check that information. So what they did is they looked at the bump in social media followers that people got after appearing on Joe Rogan's show. And prior to going exclusive, guests could expect around 4,000 new followers after an appearance on Joe Rogan. After going exclusive, that dropped to around 2,000. And... In terms of what being on his show does for guests, his best months at Spotify only compare to like his worst months before he went on Spotify. I'll link to this study. It's really interesting. And I think they make a pretty good point that if you're worried about Joe Rogan spreading misinformation, but you're also kind of worried that just, uh, I don't know, it feels like uh, Joe Rogan can't have a podcast anywhere would be quite an extreme step also. Yeah. That's a whole lot. Like that's a slippery slope. Everybody. So the, I think the, the part that's getting left out here uh, is the word grifter in that. So those numbers are based on averages, but if you look at the outliers, like the Dr. Malone episodes or Jordan Peterson episodes that just are these, you know, they hijack media and Twitter's attention because they're yeah. they're really fucking out there. Like those are, you know, kind of the gateway to Alex Jones land. Um, yeah, truly. And I think that like Joe Rogan, like just blindly leads people down that path. Like, and it's just not great, but I don't know what the solution is. I just wish that people weren't fucking stupid and took the show as Bible. Well, did either of you watch his... Not his N-word apology video. He's put out two apology videos this week. But the first apology video. Yes. Um, yeah. And he tells his Neil Young. St- well, first, that 
that video drove me nuts for two reasons. One, in the Rogan fir- was talking first. Well, yeah. In the first two minutes, he lied multiple times. He's like, you know, things change. Like six months ago, if you said people could uh, still get COVID from being vaccinated, you'd be kicked off platforms. It's like, not true. No, that not true. <laughs> Even the people putting out vaccines like the CDC, they have all along said, especially as Omicron came along, like it was more, pro- it was never, vaccines were never, ever, 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 ever this magical 100% bulletproof vet. Like, it's just like not how it works. And he doesn't know what sure. the fuck he's talking about. And I like truly don't understand. I'm actually happy that this is happening because I think that people who are not ever constantly berated by terrible Joe Rogan takes, like we are in our bubble that like those people are talking about it. Like people I know in the Midwest are talking about it, which is good because hopefully everyone will get fucking sick of seeing and hearing him soon because I am being fucking bombarded by it. I can't escape <laughs> it at all. Yeah, like, don't go on Twitter this morning. Tried, there's a, there's even a if I around. tried, there's still new shit coming out about ways for people to start engaging with hating Joe Rogan. Like they just got The Rock to to not like Joe Rogan and not defend him. <laughs> well, The Rock had to. So The Rock supported. You know, the Rock, put out this the Rock defended him and people were like this N word stuff, dude. Yeah. And he was like, Oh yeah, never mind. And like it's so but how did the how did the rock not know? Exactly. Like, it's so frustrating because it takes like so little time to find one bad take from this dude. I'm constantly surrounded by it, and the rock doesn't know. Well, yeah. that's my favorite defense of of diehard Rogan people when they're like, uh well, and I tweeted this too. Well, did you listen to the whole episodes? Do you listen to the whole episodes? It's like the first month of the year he put out 18 episodes, I think, averaging three hours. Oh, each. So no. it's like, no, I did not listen to 54 hours of Joe Rogan. <laughs> but but to back to the apology, the second part that really bothered me is, but it's telling, and perhaps, you know, some people might say I'm connecting dots that aren't there, but I really think his, his quote, Neil Young story, which really had nothing to do with Neil Young, other than it was a Neil Young concert, is where he talks about being a security guard, and when shit would get real, he would just put on his hoodie and cover the security shirt, you know, and like put on his hood and just kind of bulk. And that's the perfect uh, analogy and metaphor for what he does with his podcast. When shit gets real, he just kind of covers up and doesn't take responsibility. I'm just asking questions. Uh, that's like, what I I'm do. just letting people spew nonsense. So and that that's where they have a it's, platform. It's wild to see, you know, Whitney Cummings and all these other very well-to-do comics and celebrities going to bat for him. I don't they're, get it. They're... They're, um, from my perspective, warped by their own kind of wealth bubbles. Like, people think Joe Rogan's an average Joe. He's, like, fucking hanging out with Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and flying his private jet to do, get like, he is... He's obscenely rich. I truly cannot even deal with observing the way the comedy community acts anymore. Like, it's just disgusting. Oh, yeah. It's fucking, like, I don't want to be a part of it. At all. Like, well, Whitney, people can literally go fuck themselves. Whitney Cummings was losing her mind on uh, Twitter today and said, uh, comedians did not sign up to be your hero. It's our job to be irreverent and dangerous. Oh, my to question God. authority dick, and to take you through a spooky, mental, haunted house, you can arrive at your own conclusions. Stay, stay focused on the people we pay taxes to to be moral leaders. And it's like, okay, let's deconstruct this for a minute. If I what, will you tell people girls, what Mark Maron's reply was, though? Oh, yeah. Well, that yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mark Maron's reply was, 
Also, don't forget to add be funny, which is like, <laughs> that's exactly it. And it's These a thing comics, Whitney Cummings struggles with. Get her. Get well, that's, her. That's what I'm saying. Like, two broke girls, incredibly successful. She had her own show, Whitney. Like, those roast jokes, none of those are irreverent and dangerous and question authority. Also, to end on, stay focused on the people we pay taxes to be moral leaders. Okay, so stay focused on institutions, which you constantly so oh. distrusted. That. And that's where uh, I think my my nuance, <laughs> I have a bit more nuanced stance than Twitter will allow. Like, we love shitting on and deconstructing institutions, right? But people are just going with in with hammers and breaking down, deconstructing everything. There's no, like, what would it look like to rebuild faith in institutions? Like, yeah, we can shit on big pharma no all day. No clue. No clue. Yeah, that's that's going to take a fucking that's revolution, like, that's man. That's always saying is, like, what are any actionable steps to create change? Because all of them just feel like screaming into a void, and that's what I always get to. And it's so frustrating. Like, even with everything that I write, I'm like, okay, the point of this is I'm screaming into the void. Please scream with well, that's me, what's I kind guess. Of mad, that's what's kind of maddening about the, like, alt-right and their grassroots campaigns, like, showing up at all these school board meetings and shit now. It's like, well, that is kind of a way that <laughs> you make change. But it's like, oh, man, that's a that's a shitload of energy to have. But, to yeah, no, yeah. fuck the whole comedy community. And also with Whitney Cummings specifically, you can't tell me that you didn't know that your best friend, Chris D'Elia, was fucking kids, you fucking bitch. Mm. Here's the thing. when And, and Adam, you're... You know, you have a successful podcast network. You're not listened to by millions. And that's one of the reasons I fucking love this network. Like you, to me, you have the perfect balance. You've created a thing that like people find you and you make a living, but you're not because you don't have this insane platform. Like you're not getting pulled in by all these grits. And that's what they are. Like if you look at the advertisers and the products they sell and the people they bring on, like it's all just to stir up controversy to make money. Yeah. Yeah. I, we have a comfortable size following for the, the times we we're living in right now. <laughs> love you guys. We love you all so much. Uh, but yeah, I just think that it's ridiculous that anyone is still giving him attention and to the point I was but, making. I'm glad that a lot of people are talking about it so that hopefully he will fucking go away. But the thing about him getting attention if you go back to that same study by The Verge, that's when he gets the most attention is in I moments know. like this, which that's, I was hoping, that's the big conundrum that I was hoping we I could like be positive about it because oh, I no, really I'm not going to let that like, happen. I was like, yeah, the more we talk about him, the more attention he gets. And it's ultimately bad. And we should just like pretend that we don't know him and that would really be effective. But uh, like, I don't know. I'm hoping that maybe people just get sick of hearing about it. Because his voice is so dumb. How do people listen to three fucking hours of it? I don't I don't know it. how you listen to three hours of anyone. That's too much at one time. I also, ugh, like, because I've been seeing so much of the specific Jordan Peterson inter interview that he did, like, in other th realms. And just seeing that, clips of that, is like, oh, my God. Both of you need to shut the fuck up. Who told either of you you had a voice that people could listen to? <laughs> yeah. So speaking of the attention that gets paid to Joe Rogan, I've brought this up a lot and I'm going to bring it up again. I do think it's a little uh, suspect to say you're worried about COVID misinformation being spread through the Joe Rogan podcast, but also to have laughed it up 
during the whole ivermectin thing when the media was saying Joe Rogan's taking a horse dewormer. That I will remind people. And again, that is my problem with the story. It's not that I have any fucking dog in the fight when it comes to whether ivermectin works or if it should have been approved. I don't fucking care about that. I don't care what the studies about how effective or not effective it is say. So don't jump in the comments and go, well, actually, the thing about ivermectin is it's not an antiviral drug. That's not the fucking point. Here's the point. The media spread a story saying Joe Rogan is taking horse drugs. And Joe Rogan was not taking horse drugs. And that was a very easy thing to clear up. It took very little research to do that. But the media ran with the funny headline and said, Joe Rogan got COVID and he's taking horse drugs. So what are the people who follow Joe Rogan going to see that as? They're going to see those headlines and go, okay, Joe Rogan got COVID and the media is telling me Joe Rogan took horse drugs. Joe Rogan's fine. Joe Rogan recovered from COVID. So clearly I can take horse drugs too. That is the exact message that story was spending. And no one on the left gave a shit. No one cared because <laughs> people are taking horse drugs. And no, they weren't. There were like two people who did that. Like it wasn't a widespread thing. Meanwhile, there were tens of thousands of legitimate prescriptions written for it. And no one asked what happened with those people. But it's, it really bothers me that people are pretending to care so much about Joe Rogan and misinformation being spread, but didn't care in that case, in what I would argue was a far more widespread case. Who the fuck's listening to Joe Rogan? Like the people listening to Joe Rogan, we're not going to get through to them. Like that's yeah, that's the thing. Like, go let them have their fucking fantasy life. I don't know what the fuck we're going to do with them. You know, they're listening to Joe Rogan. Yeah. Like they don't get it. There's people who get it. There's people who don't get it. I think that that's fair. You know, I think um, you guys know who Andrew Schultz is, right? No, no. I'm so bad at names. He's like in that Rogan circle. He has a bunch of big Netflix specials. Did he move? I know. I know so, so, so little about Joe Rogan. So anyways, he's a, you know, Tim Dillon is, so these are like all no, comics in that circle. No, So they have big followings. Well, that's why I'm asking. I'm trying to give you context. They have really big followings. Um, they're also in that podcast world. And Schultz tweeted, Rogan has made a lot of people millionaires, uh, a lot of people millionaires. Imagine being one of those people and staying silent right now, because this will blow over in a month. But that silence will never be forgotten. And then Tim D Dillon quote tweeted it and supported it. And I, it's like, you're saying the quiet part out loud. Because that's what so much of it is for all these people defending Rogan, too. It's like, that's your bread and butter. Like, they all just kind of circle jerk each other in this griff. So you better speak up for him because he helped make you. Yeah, Not, it's is this right or con wrong? artist boys club being a con artist boys club. It's fucking <laughs> yeah. bullshit. And they're all using their listenership just to gain money like i guarantee you they don't fucking give a shit about any of the things they're saying they just want it to be controversial so that you keep listening and it's working and it's fucking embarrassing yeah i hate it anyways we have a lot of unpopular opinions yeah well, that, that's this, the first one this, this yeah, one wow, went a long time and we're long we're not really even done with it because jen's is about yeah. neil young jen My, let's hear it <laughs> My unpopular opinion is that Neil Young isn't fucking special. <laughs> My unpopular opinion is that Neil Young isn't young. <laughs> I was going to say that. How dare you steal my brain, Joe? Well, okay. put it in the notes. Uh, 
Yeah, no, I should have. What exactly Contrary do you to mean? Popular name. He is old. What What exactly do you mean? He's not special. So him taking his fucking music off of Spotify, like honestly, dude, just taking the money that you earn from Spotify, which probably isn't even that much, and instead donating it to like some cause that would benefit what you're trying to say would be more of a statement than you being like, no one who listens to Joe Rogan can listen to my music. I'm taking a stand because I'm a boomer. (laughs) I just like, I just don't, it's like not going to change anybody's opinion. Neil Young's fucking catalog is, has no overlap with the people who care about Joe Rogan. I feel like. Yeah. I, my problem with me, I fucking love Neil Young. I cried the first time I saw Neil Young in concert. I, he's fun. No, I'm not, I'm not here to argue his merits as a musician, but I am just pointing out that I love Neil Young. Uh, I'm pointing that out because the, the next thing I'm going to say, which is kind of fuck Neil Young, like, Here's the thing. Neil Young has been on a crusade against sound quality, the degradation of sound quality in music since fucking CDs came out. Like he was, I'm sure you can still find it on YouTube, but there's an interview with him in like the early 90s where he's like, CDs compress 10% of the sound at the top, man. And it's like, all right, well, most people can't hear that. Yeah, who cares, bro? And the thing about Spotify, they're the only streaming service now that I think doesn't offer high resolution audio. And Neil Young was probably going to take his music off Spotify Anyway, Neil Young makes a shit ton of money selling MP3s. And like, if you go look at his website, he's putting out fucking seven to 10 albums a year. And it's all on his own label. And he's just selling to his most rabid fan base, which is not a fucking thing wrong with that. Uh, That fan base wants that. So let them pay for it. But Neil Young's not sacrificing anything by being off Spotify. Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like his protest backfired a little bit because I, I I don't know if he thought Spotify was going to choose him over Joe Rogan, but no way. Like they're not making Joe Rogan money off Neil Young. And this is a corporation we're talking about. Of Why cor- would they give a fuck? Yeah. And then yeah, I- and then the artists that followed also it. I I get that there are artists that are following, but it still kind of feels like a backfire because it's like Joni Mitchell, India Ari, Nils Lofgren. Here, Nils Lofgren. Who? Well, yeah, here, not only who, but when he pulled his music off Spotify, they were like Bruce Springsteen guitar player Nils Lofgren. Nils Lofgren is in Neil Young's band. He is in Crazy Horse, and they don't even recognize him as being in Neil Young's band. These are people that Spotify knows the audience doesn't give a shit about. And for a protest like this to take hold, it's going to have to be like Lady Gaga or <laughs> yeah, it's fucking BTS, someone like that. Save us, K-pop. The streets need you. Like so, so They got bigger shit to worry about. <laughs> I agree that bigger artists would help. Like Taylor Swift could take the whole fucking thing down, right? Or is she even on Spotify? I forget her. Fu- I don't know. Fuck Three Taylor years. Swift. Yeah, I don't um, care. But I mean, like, you're like Lady Gaga, like you said. But, no, John, I'll disagree in that if Neil Young just said, I'll take whatever I earn on Spotify and donate to charity, like, I don't think anyone would give a fuck about that. And this was enough of a story, and other people get on. It, was, it at least kept it in the news cycle, and I think it did lead to a lot of people being like, oh, yeah, I can, I can vote with my money differently. And what 
surprised me that got left out of most people talking about this. It's like Neil Young had fucking polio. He had polio. Like he was paralyzed. What? What? Yeah. Anything. What is happening? Follow me. Oh my God. What is this chain going to be? Because I both face palms. Because he is anti like this fucked up disinformation. There's a vaccine here and you got this guy pushing all this anti-vax shit. So I think it's a great stand to take. I support I'm glad that it got Young people all the talking. way. And I don't I'm, give a fuck about his music. I'm glad that he got people talking, but I don't think that it like matters at all what he did. Like it's not like a huge contribution to society and neither is like a fuck ton of people being like, hmm, me too. I'm like Neil Young. No more Spotify. Bye bye. Like, I mean, Spotify I think the numbers tell a different shit. story. Like, do they? I don't think so. Yeah, Spotify's Spotify- gonna be fine in a week. It'll balance out. People will resubscribe. No, they won't. Everyone's I mean, a poser. I, I, I think like. A year ago, when a bunch of people were like, I'm leaving Twitter for Parlor, that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, everyone's back. <laughs> that that's, is such a strong comparison. Weren't those all Nazis? But, and wait, how was that an argument for Neil Young having polio? I don't get, where did, how did we get there? Because he's against anti-vax information. Like, we all he are. Fucking- he's also against compressed audio files, though. He's also <laughs> against bootleg records. And yells but, at people so about people, it in the past. When you when you delete your Spotify account, if you don't reactivate within seven days, like your entire library history, username, all of it's gone forever. There's no restoration after seven days. And that's what's keeping me there is my fucking playlists. Yeah, yeah I, but you can transfer it all over to t- like ninety-eight per- the whole thing. Yeah, somebody. Uh- up to 500 songs on how to do that i put a whole twitter thread together of instructions i'll send it to you okay up to to 500 songs you can i'm not gonna do in the list you can do for free and then like otherwise you have to pay like five bucks okay i think anyway beat this dead horse hot take my hot take make sure you use the code unpops when you check out with your alpha brain product uh, get 15% off Alpha Brain with Now it's definitely unpops. beaten to a dead horse. A dead horse with no name. <laughs> that is uh, not a Neil Young song, you fucking asshole. Care. That was, yeah, no. A dead crazy horse. Ugh. That, see, that would have been, yeah, that would have been a better reference, but you botched it. You botched it really bad. Uh, <laughs> Chet, what's your... What's your stupid, crazy-ass opinion? Ketchup on mac and cheese is the best. Mac and cheese is better with ketchup. People are missing out on this. I don't know why this is a growth. I mean, most things are better with ketchup. Eggs, potato chips. But you got to put it on mac and cheese. And apparently a lot of people don't know this. Let me let me jump what? in with – This is going to shock people. But I about 10% agree because there have been situations where I've had some M&C – and some ketchup on, I don't pronounce the H, uh, some ketchup on my plate at the same time in the two uh, intertwined a little bit. And I wasn't going to waste the mac and cheese. So I ate it and I was like, huh, that was uh, pleasant in a very novel once every six <laughs> to eight months, uh, one bite at a time kind of way. But never in my wildest dreams would I just crack open a bottle of ketchup. And I'm going to keep are- saying it that way the rest of my life. This is so fun. Uh, and just pour it all over Matt. No, that's, I, you don't have to eggs, bury it. It's just a little bit, a little bit. Eggs, I, I agree. Scrambled eggs. Like yes. Sriracha maybe more than ketchup. I don't need anything on Mac and cheese. I don't, if you're mac and cheese, I don't need it, but if I'm feeling drunk, to be honest, 
then maybe. Yeah. But if your mac and cheese needs that much help, then. It don't. It yeah. don't. No, even great mac and cheese better with ketchup. I it's a pasta. So. It's a cheese. You need a tomato. I think it's a once in a while decision. Like it's not a commitment to me. Uh, okay, Chet. This is a, I'm going to break open the vaults and break out a timeless unpops debate that we haven't brought up in a long time. Early days, this was a classic. Chet, ketchup on chicken, yay or nay? No, what the fuck? Like chicken nuggets, chicken tenders. Yeah. Fuck you. But no, simple, no, no. But not all the time. No, you don't put ketchup what? on chicken in any application, including chicken if, tenders. That's if gross. I get, if I get some chicken McNugs and uh, I'm out of barbecue sauce, ketchup will do. What the hell? No. You get... If I get a 10-piece nug at Wendy's and I say throw an extra barbecue and ranch and then they don't, but I got ketchup, I'm going ketchup over dry. I would go to the fucking gas station and buy a bottle of barbecue sauce before I'd put ketchup on them or eat them dry, honestly. I would want ranch, the end. Mm. Also, this conversation is making me thirsty and I'm out of water. So it makes water uh, better, Jen? Ketchup. What? Ketchup. Yeah, ketchup. I fucks with it on scrambled eggs. I will throw a whole bunch of ketchup on scrambled eggs. That's fine. Well, you dip a chip in it. No, no. That's I get Too I get I mean ketchup. to each their own. I I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum as they say, but I I I don't like putting anything on chips. Hot sauce, ketchup, yeah, none no, of that. Yeah, no, chips just crunch, baby. Yeah, they're supposed to crunch. I don't want them getting all fucking wet. Well, I mean, but I mean except for like tortilla chips with guacamole or whatever. Or I'll take a no. chip dip. I'll take like a dip, French dip. a French onion dip, dip, baby, dip. Straight up, When dip. I dip, take, you dip, Take like a bowl dip. of potato chips, like red over potato chips, crumble some feta over it, a little bit of olive oil and some uh, Greek spices. Mm. No. You're missing out. I'm not into that either. I want to know your next thing. My next thing? <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of ketchup. Also, I think that at some point ketchup got put on my face or something and I'm traumatized by talking about it too much, which is so weird and i'm sorry that is a little weird yeah but it's fine we can move on hey the u.s postal (laughs) service is creepy and i don't know i'd be fine if we didn't have it anymore at least cut did you get your free tests yeah i did but you know who else came you know who else could have brought me those free tests any number of services but here's the thing i get it we need the post office in some capacity. Uh, Do I think their budget should be cut? Yes. I think their budget should be cut significantly. And by that, I mean, uh, cut the part where they spend their time tracking inflammatory social media posts. Uh, See, people, I've brought it up so many times on this show, and I feel like it's just me and Yahoo Sports talking about this. But yeah, I didn't know that at all. The U.S. Postal Inspection Service has been running a program where they monitor social media for inflammatory posts, and then they report those posts to whoever up the chain needs to see them. And I know a lot of people hear that, and depending on what side you're on, you're going to either think, oh, well, they're just tracking, like, proud boys and, like, white nationalists and shit. Meanwhile, if you're on that side, you're thinking... Oh, good. They're key. They're they're just tracking down Antifa and Black Lives Matter and things like that. And here's the thing. You're both correct. It's all of you. When they sold this program, when they approached Democrats, they were like, this will help us track Proud Boys. It'll help us track white nationalists. And then when they sold it to Republicans, they were like, we can track Black Lives Matter. We can track Antifa. So the post office is spying on us. There's that. 
And the reason I bring it up again, I've brought that up, but I did a couple episodes of the Conspiracy Pod about this book called The CIA and the Cult of Intelligence. And it was the first book the government ever went to court to try and censor on national security grounds. It was written by a former CIA agent. And it was all about the CIA and all the shit they were doing back then. And even back then, the post office was helping the CIA spy on people by just straight up opening mail and doing it on behalf of the CIA. And Blah. there was a story about it. I'll, I'll link to it. It's a New York Times article from 1975. <laughs> Read it and weep, libs. You know how we love the New York <laughs> Times. Also, for some reason, the the... USPS is one of the most secretive government agencies. They reject 35% of all the Freedom of Information Act requests they get. That does make or them- Or 35% got lost in the mail. <laughs> That was the best one so far. That was good. The best what Bravo. so far? The best, yeah, the best Chet pun joke. <laughs> I mean, there could be a better one coming up. Always I know, that's why I said improve. so far. So they are more transparent than the CIA. The CIA rejects 55%, but they're way less transparent than NASA, who only rejects 11%. The fucking Department of Justice only rejects 6%. And Homeland Security only rejects 2%. So there's a lot that the post office doesn't want to tell us. So 35% of the time, they're like, hey, we want to know this thing. And they're like, no. (laughs) Yeah. We're not going to tell you, no. (laughs) Yes. And everyone's just like, okay, (laughs) put it in the stats, put it in the Excel spreadsheet. Let's make these stats. And then. Fucking weird. Despite all that, despite how stringent they are when it comes to Freedom of Information Act requests, somehow in 2018, they responded to a Freedom of Information Act request from a right wing political action committee by releasing an entirely unredacted copy of a former CIA agent's entire federal security clearance application. And she just happened to be running for a Democratic congressional seat at the time. And when it happened, they were just like, oops, so we just made a mistake. And people were like, you did that on purpose. Like people. We're not going to tell anything. And we did an oops. People suspected it was politically motivated. And I mean, the post office isn't going to admit it, but, and can you imagine what kind of information is on a federal security clearance application? That's got to be your entire fucking life. That's everything. You could write a book. Whoops. Oopsie. Whoopsie. Looked like it had a priority stamp on it. Fragile. (laughs) Her name was Abigail Spanberger. Look it up, male apologists. Spam mail. I-L. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, M-A-I-L. Not M-A-L-E apologists. <laughs> and again, I get it. We need the USPS. We need to be able to mail things for cheap. But that doesn't mean they should be spying on us. This isn't... No, that's weird. That's a weird thing that I didn't know about. This And it seems like they have been forever. And it makes sense. They Of all the government agencies, they have the most reach into our lives. Like they're fuck, they're at our into our hearts and in our hearts. Those uniforms, come on! Wow, who, shorts. Who in the world has not had an attractive mail carrier at some point? They and all it's, got it's great just, calves. Yeah, it's just the best. Oh yeah. There's not a lot of stereotypes for service industry jobs, but mail carriers, like even just dogs, you know, like <laughs> that whole thing. Like we have, we have a lot with 
of history with making media uh, show dogs hating male people. Well, here's the thing. It's one of the only things dogs are wrong about. Yeah, they just got mail, dude. Yeah. Dogs are dogs are normally on the right side of history about things. But when it comes to someone bringing you your mail, dogs got it all wrong. Dogs should be yeah. in favor of that. But maybe I, uh... here's the thing. Maybe dogs know more than we let on because historically they're always shitty to postal carriers. But what videos do you always see on YouTube when it comes to like UPS drivers and FedEx drivers? It's just dogs losing their shit because here comes the FedEx guy that always brings me treats. Your dog gets a bad feeling when the mail carrier Your dog walks up. knows they're spying on us. Exactly. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I just said it, it more <laughs> bluntly. Cagney was freaking out the other day when uh, the the UPS dropped off the largest package I've ever received. Uh-huh. It was it was only uh it was only like three inches around, but it was twelve feet long. Like my dick! And uh What the fuck did you order? <laughs> I didn't order anything. That's what was so surprising. But they left before I could say anything to them. And what happened is it's it's genuinely a 12-foot fucking pole. Um, Chet just it, turned the camera and he has a stripper pole in his room now. It's a boat antenna. No. And it was meant to be delivered to somebody in Florida. Like elsewhere on this giant 12-foot tube, all the pro- protect uh, correct information is shipping to whoever in Florida, but it got like rolled around and somehow a a sticker with my name and address for another Amazon package, like (laughs) rolled onto it perfectly. And they delivered me this really like a $700 boat antenna. That's funny. This week I got a delivery of two cakes made of flowers that were not for me. Wow. Yeah. Score. I live in a, I live in a small town now. And I went to set up a P.O. box and I printed out the forms and like typed in, you know, on, on a PDF and then printed it out. I took it to the post office and the lady was like, look at you, Mr. Computers. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. That is a small I, town. Yeah. Yeah. The, that same book, The CIA and the Cult of Intelligence, one of the things they mention as being like the ultimate dystopian nightmare is – the USPS developing the ability to just like take a picture of every piece of mail that comes in. And not only is that a thing they can do now, you just sign up for it. It's called. Oh, yeah. I was good. I yeah, inadvertently I was like, I signed up emails. for it. I, I thought it was just dently signed up for it, too. I thought there was going to be yeah. another screen. And it was just now I just they tech they email you pictures of your mail. Yeah. And most of it's junk mail. It's like the biggest waste of resources ever. Also, you're going to get it. Why do you need to know what? (laughs) Well, how do you know if you like, what if you didn't even need to get off the couch that day and you went and checked your mail and you're like, oh, this isn't stuff I needed. But now the post office takes pictures of your mail and they can share those pictures with you. And we accept that as normal. But in the 70s, people were terrified. Too much. Doing too much. People were terrified of that idea in the 70s. Whatever. Fact. I Googled USPS informed delivery, and one of the results was a USPS FAQ page and the security concerns around it. And when I clicked on it, my virus protection popped up a warning about visiting untrustworthy websites. (laughs) That's so funny. So my virus has the heart of a dog in that it doesn't trust the USPS. Sketchy, sketchy, sketchy. Yeah, so I take it back. Maybe dogs got it right. Maybe dogs. Yeah, dogs are always on the right side of history. If you don't think so, you should just pan out farther and you'll realize dogs know everything. Yeah. 
Dogs just know the feds are coming when the mailman shows up. Or male yeah. woman. Male, male woman sounds people. weird. Male carrier. Male having deliverers. <laughs> deliverers of mail. I am delivered. Okay. The Pony Express of our day. They got a... Uh, because you know sacks. that's how they talked back during the Pony Express times. With their package sacks. Package sacks? What? That's what package they carry. Oh, they got package a package for you sack. in their sack. Ah. Hey, hey, Jen, yes. what's what's your next un- just pops a pin? Real quick, I think that we should give the government the cold shoulder and just like wink at each other when they talk because they're all old losers. And like we should just like be like, yeah, run things. And then actually we're running things and we should just be like, <laughs> they don't know about our new Internet or something. <laughs> Well, isn't that kind of the rest of the government and Joe Biden? They just like let him think he's president and in charge, but he's just kind of like an old guy that's out of it. That's why I think we could do it, because like if they can do it, they're fucking dumb. We're like we have way more people that are also dumb. But like, why don't we all just be like, ha ha, yeah, totally war that's happening. And then we just like take the money that they were going to spend on it and be like, look at all the war you're doing and show just old war. And they won't know that would for be people an- listening, which this podcast is only available in audio form. So that'd be everybody. Jen was doing a lot of winking during that impression, which is uh, integral for a the messaging. So yeah, we should just like wink at each other, give cold shoulder, like be very fucking junior high about it. I think that it could work. Yeah, I mean, revolution by cold shouldering. That would be an interesting way to go about it, to just set up an entire other government and be like, hey, people can follow who they want. Because what's the military going to do? Fucking work. Is the military going to invade the United States? Yes, probably. But still, it would be a bad look for them and we'd be very angry about it. Basically, just like you're like, (laughs) that's really funny that you guys are still doing that. We've moved on. It could work. Let's try it out. I think that we could. You know what? It starts here. It starts right now. We are your new leaders, America. Honestly? Yeah. I think we'd be great cult leaders. The three of us, we could run shit. Only available on Spotify. Yes. Yes. This cult is only available on Spotify. Basically. Basically. (laughs) Hey, Chet. Yo. What's your next opinion? The NFL should overhaul overtime rules. This is why? Because your Buffalo Bills lost in the AFC championship? Well, statistically, I think like 10 of the 11, something like 10 of the 11 or 10 of the last 12 overtime games and playoffs went to whoever won the coin toss. Um, But forget my Buffalo Bills. I had this opinion before then. Well, you and I were texting a few months ago when that insane 4X overtime college football game happened and it just went like, two-point conversion versus two-point conversion back and forth. That was the fucking, the most exciting thing I watched all year. But I think it's a better presentation and makes it more entertaining. It's a better experience for the fans to not determine overtime simply based on a coin toss. Like, I understand we'll play better defense if you don't want to go to, you know, or if you don't want, if you want to get the ball back. But it just seems like such a stupid rule, especially come playoffs, because you're giving way too much of the outcome leaning towards just random choice versus being able to have an equal opportunity on the field. But sometimes life happens as a result of random choices, Chet. Now, are, for, with the NHL, are you somebody that is pro shootout or do you think they should just keep playing extra periods until it's over? <laughs> it's cute that you think I have an opinion on the NHL's overtime I think they process. Should do, they should, I think they should keep shootouts because it's funny. 
Here's the thing. If I, w- I would say this, even if NFL doesn't want to go to the um, to the two point conversion rule, then just play extra 10 minute or 15 minute periods. But you have to play the full period like it's an actual quarter. I'm literally so confused. What are the even the rules that you're not liking? What's the current rule? So if it goes to overtime, and you're tied. There's a flip of a coin toss and whoever wins the coin toss gets the ball first. And if they score a touchdown right away, they don't even get the other team doesn't get a chance. They don't get the ball back. Yeah. Okay. It's just over because but, you won the coin toss. Well, that's that's life. That, I mean, that I'm saying it's a fan. But like makes, also, like, the, the game has so many head injuries. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. Well, I mean, the head injuries don't. You know, like, I just don't think the stakes are that high that they need to, like, change the rules of a coin well, toss situation. No, I mean, it's, well, you're not a fan. That's that's. Probably that's true. I'm the sorry. Biggest barrier t- because I don't care to you caring about the overtime rules. Yeah, uh, they have done some things to address the head injury stuff. I mean, it's never going to go <gasps> away for news. sure. But uh, the thing about the overtime, what else would you have? Like, how long do you want games to be? For one thing, that's why overtime. I'm rules- saying for playoffs at least, and I actually okay. think ties. I think ties are bullshit in the regular season. Like. If it's still tied after overtime, then go to the college rules and you go two-point conversion for two-point conversion. Yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of opinion, though. Like, Sure. In the name of this podcast, this is, is unpopular opinion. opinion. Yeah. So I'm, but it's opinions. It's, it's an opinion that is going to waver just depending on what side of it you're on. Like, I don't know that Chiefs fans who made it to the AFC championship because they won on the first drive in overtime – like they probably don't want to change the rules. I'm saying regardless of that game. And here's what, I, what here's what would happen. Here's what would happen. Let's say eight years from now, the Buffalo Bills are in the AFC Championship again. It's going to be at least that long. What? And Fuck you. They they go to overtime, and the rules have since been changed. And the Bills win that coin flip, and they go and score on the first drive. And then they fucking lose in overtime. The entire Bills Mafia is going to be like, if we were playing by the old rules, they would have won. We should go yeah, back to not, those old rules. Which yeah. makes for a better, more entertaining game. And a fairer game. No, it, it doesn't necessarily. Like, I don't, I don't want to watch futility. Like, that is, by the, by the time you get to overtime, someone needs to fucking end it. And if your defense cannot stop the team that wins the coin flip, you weren't the better team. I agree, I think. You weren't necessarily the worst team. The last, was it like? You were in that moment. You were in that moment, and that's all that matters. The end of that Bills game was an offensive shootout. Yeah, that the Bills lost. It's an offensive shootout the Bills lost because their defense choked. I don't need to win this battle because I've already won the next one. Adam's presenting the most Chet Wild opinion I've ever read. In fact, I'm pretty sure I've had this unpopular opinion like on an episode five years ago. I think that no one's going to disagree with this. I don't know that this is an unpopular opinion. But I think it. I wouldn't be surprised if Chet brought it up five years ago and that it was unpopular then. Uh, the end. The, the, the Super true. Bowl. The Super Bowl should go back to marching bands. Yeah. Hell yeah. And it's not just because most Super Bowl halftime shows suck. Not all of them, but most. Here's my problem with the halftime show as it stands right now. Uh, it's just a thing for people to get mad about. It's it's a way to generate attention for the Super Bowl, but not really great attention. 
Because there's always going to be like half the world that's like, well, why, why is Eminem on the halftime show? And yeah, fucking why is Eminem on the halftime show? <laughs> it overshadows the game itself. It makes halftime twice as long, literally twice as long. Costs approximately $1 million to produce per minute and the performers don't get paid. And here's the thing. What? My heart's not bleeding for Maroon. advertising. <laughs> yeah. My my heart's not bleeding for Maroon 5 not getting paid for performing at the Super Bowl, but also That's just weird. I hope they paid like <clears throat> their support staff and and whatnot cuz they're clearly yeah, like, not That shouldn't be a working for attention, but yeah, they don't they don't pay the performers because it's it's essentially your your band or your uh, career having a Super Bowl commercial and a really long one. So they're oh like, we don't have God. to give you money. And beyond that, marching bands are just cool as shit now. Like it's not just, always. Yeah. But I mean, especially now. Well, not like right now as of this year. Yeah, but so for, for like, people don't, that don't know, like Super Bowls one through like 23, all the half times were marching. Bands. marching yeah. Bands are sick. And then it was like up with people a bunch of years. And then they were well, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's that. And then that. And then like new kids on the block. I think we're like Super Bowl 25, Michael Jackson, Super Bowl 26. And then it was all celebrity shit from there. Yeah. But and also like the drum and bugle corps, like the DCI internationals, they they're like marching bands on steroids. They would be phenomenal for, for a halftime show. Yeah. And I'll link to at least one video, which is the Ohio State University marching band, which is they're a really good marching band. And they do this video that is just that is just them playing a bunch of video game themes. And at one point, they make this formation where they're in the shape of a horse. And it just looks like a horse is running across the field. All That's while they're it. fucking playing. Yeah, their choreography is insane. Like you'd have to be in the sky to choreograph that. Just to know where everyone, and obviously you're in a football stadium, so you can be. But it's still so fucking impressive. And... Like, if you're worried about shit not being family friendly, which always comes up, fucking marching, marching bands, band. baby. You could do. Also, you inspire kids to want to pick up a real musical instrument and not do whatever the fuck the weekend does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it like it would be a good like give give the Super Bowl halftime back to college kids, man. Just let. Yeah. You could have like HBCUs do it. You could have like you could have multiple colleges do it in one halftime show. Fucking. You could have HBICs do it. That, right. Huh? I know what that means. Or make make celebrity musicians do it, but they have to do yes. it in the form of being a marching band. Yeah. Yeah. yeah make so like make Beyonce join a marching, band. a marching band briefly. I mean, she probably is the closest thing to a marching band. I think her half bowl. Her half bowl, her <laughs> super full halftime show. I think she did have like elements of a marching band come up. Baychella definitely had elements of a marching band. Yeah. And they were all dressed in yellow and it was fucking sick, dude. Yeah, I'll link to some marching band videos. Watch them if you're listening to this. Click the show notes. Watch those yes. videos. You'll see what we mean. It should it should just be back to marching bands now. They've they've evolved enough that they can take that stage back. Jen, what the fuck is going on with astrology? What? Dude, I don't know. I never thought I would be this bitch, but I'm this bitch who thinks that astrology is helpful and useful. And I don't know who I am anymore because of it. And it honestly feels so weird. But like, also, I think I just like blaming stars on shit. Love that. I think it's just like 
a weird science-y thing. I don't know. I like it. I think it's useful. And I, I learned about it from memes. So that was fun. Chet, what's your stance on astrology? I, in general, think it's a gateway to conspirituality. Yet I have uh, friends like Caitlin Cutt who, you know, are very knowledgeable about it. And I, I trust her implicitly. I, yes. Yeah, really? The, Implicitly? Yeah, yeah, wow. I think that like, you know. I trust Caitlin with my life. Wow. Also, I want to die, so. No. Oh. Win-win. Oh. Well, then you can trust me with your life. What's your sign, Chet? Uh, I'm Scorpio Cusp. With what? Whatever comes after that. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio Moon. Um, But Adam and I are both Pisces. Right. Spicy Pisces. I think that makes a lot of sense that the three of us are just three fucking water signs who can't stop watering. Mm -hmm. Uh Somebody just sent me a Nick Turner tweet that says the job of a comedian isn't to make you feel safe. It's to get you your Uber or (laughs) Uber Eats order quickly and safely (laughs) to your house. Get up! But yeah, no, I just think that like astrology gets a bad rap and uh, it's fine. It's fun. I mean, it depends who's pushing it. It's true. If they're profiting off of it, there's also a lot of grift to it. I also don't feel like the daily horoscope shit is like what I'm talking about. I'm talking about completely different type stuff, charts and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's it's like an argue with the results kind of thing. If you get into it and it gives you insights into your life and your personality and it helps, then who fucking cares? Like that's nothing crazier. It's not any crazier than going to church. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's exactly what I was going to compare it to. It's like it weirdly feels like religious, but like not in a way that's life consuming or like it's only giving me hope. Yeah, it's it's faith. It's not religion. And I mean, religion is basically faith and hope and faith, baby. Yeah. People are going to have faith in what they're going to have faith in. It's fun. Be stars. Let them do it. Yeah. It's not any crazier than Mormonism. They think you all become planets or something when you die or you get your own planet. Something like that. I want to hear your last one. My last one. This was a last minute addition to celebrate the fact that they have a new album out. They just played last night, too, at SoFi Stadium. Oh, did they? Or it was Bank of California Stadium, I think. Or was it SoFi? Oh, really? I yeah. thought it was SoFi. Yeah, it might have been. Corn uh, has a new album out. And I know this is a pointless argument that no one cares about. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is uh, an institution that doesn't really mean that much. But it matters. I think it matters to the musicians more than they let on sometimes. And here's the thing. Corn should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If nothing else, they should be in before Eminem, who is about to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ahead of Salt and Peppa, Eric B and Rakim, Nas, Wu Tang Clan, so many other rappers who like literally laid the foundation. Yeah, but Eminem is white. Yeah. Ah! Oh yeah, I didn't Sorry even take that. that into account. Rock Shit. and Roll Hall of Fame, man. Yeah. Fucking, have you seen the it's suits at those Ohio. things? <laughs> I've been to it. It's very fun. It's in. I've never been. It's there. in Cleveland. So yeah, it's in Ohio. But it's Ohio the way. No shade to Ohio. No shade to Ohio. Oh, Chet, would you like to weigh in? Chet always has shade for Ohio. Columbus is the Freud uh, on the asshole that is Ohio of the United States of America. I've never been to Ohio. I've been. Cleveland was nice. 
Cleveland rocks. I've been to Toledo. Either Cleveland Toledo or Dayton. Rocks. I think I've been to Dayton, wherever the Dayton's airplane right. museum is. But Columbus is a fucking trash town. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> With trash people. Are you from there? Businesses. Maria nah, Shahada is from I, Columbus. I just don't like garbage cities. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> All right. Okay, anyway, back to corn. So back to corn. If we're going to end up. I bet corn isn't playing Columbus. Looking at their schedule right now. Oh, I bet they've played Columbus a whole lot because they're not stuck up assholes like you. Uh, If we're going to induct someone from Eminem's relative era into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it should be corn. Like, I. uh, Yes, they ushered some bad shit into music. We have Limp Biscuit because of them, things of the like. But every band that changes music does that. And Korn legitimately changed music, I would argue. Like, I I think a lot of what music goes on to become in the 90s and early 2000s has a lot to do with Korn. And the way they, like, uh, there were acts that were incorporating rock and hip-hop together, but Korn did it different. Like, they just more, it was more the aesthetic than... Just like, oh, well, we're just going to throw a fucking rapper on this song. And now we are a metal band that incorporates rap. Like, it was different with Korn. And it, you could tell it fucking rubbed off on people. And, like, music kind of becomes what music is in at least rock music because of Korn. And if you go back and listen to their music... I mean, I get if like metal or new metal, whatever, just is not your thing at all. But their their catalog is better than I think people would expect, like especially their MTV Unplugged album. That is my second favorite MTV Unplugged ever. I, I After Mariah Carey? Uh, no, my favorite is Nirvana. Uh, Mariah Carey's is fine. Uh, but Korn's fucking rules. And it's because they did, like, they really challenged themselves and, like, really embraced the unplugged idea and really transformed their songs in an interesting way. And it should have been sort of a career resurgence for them. But by that point, it was like 2010. We were all way too cool to act uh. like Corn could be a good band. But I'm sorry, Corn was a good band. They were a really good band. Corn should put out an album with Jack Bruce, Ginger Baker, and Eric Clapton, and they should call it Cream Corn. Corn. Ah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a reference that's going to land with the kids for sure. That's for Me. the Neil Young fans out there. <laughs> I make a really good Cream Corn. Neither here nor there. Cream Corn slaps. Yeah, it's very fucking good. It's so good. Uh, But yeah, Corn, if you go back, like they have the Unplugged album is really interesting. They recorded a couple albums with The Matrix, which is that songwriting team that wrote a bunch of Avril Lavigne songs and shit, which that seems like a weird pairing. And it is, but those albums are really good. Uh, When they lost their drummer, they they have one album where they brought in this guy named Terry Bazio, who plays this drum set that people call the USS Basio because it's got like 28 different drums. It's fucking insane. So fucking induct corn into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Eminem. That's all. Induct them. But also several, several rappers before Eminem should have got in. LL Cool J got in and didn't even get in in like the musician category. They put him in in like the category that like side performers are in. 
or something. I don't know. I don't know why it Weird. happened that way. But Weird. There's so many. Category of people whose mama said knock you out. Hey. Oh. <laughs> and then on my C plus material. Yeah, that's a that seems like a good good joke to end it on. Everyone agrees, right? Corn should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, okay. yeah. Get him in there. Say aight. Sure, sure. Chat, what 90s band do you think should be in the Rock and Roll oh, Hall of Fame? Fastball. Fastball. A thousand oh, percent. Also, Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> when did their first Ben Folds 5. <laughs> ben Folds 5, really? That's hilarious. Oh, man, they're I phenomenal. Take. Ben Folds 5 feels like one hit wonderish. 311. What? So Fuck off. <laughs> 311. Eve, I would say Eve 6 based on their tweets alone. Blue Man Group. I mean, Blue Man Group's pretty fucking sick. Blue Man Group would be a great halftime show, to be honest. No. Oh, with a marching band, though? <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, Blue oh, Man Group, so much of Blue Man Group, people yeah. don't realize, is like percussion. Marching band. Yeah. It's Blue Stomp. A lot of drumming. <laughs> blue Stomp. Blue Stomp. No one's going to know what that means. I get it. Stomp okay, I'm was glad a great, that you guys are yeah. also old with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We sure are. Congrats to us for being old. So I think that's our that's all our unpopular opinions. Uh, I think everyone can agree that we're all right about everything. <laughs> fucking obviously, dude. Yeah. I'm gonna make the most fucking ketchupiest mac and cheese Ew. after this. Oh right. man, I can't wait. Take a picture. You I will upload it to the Instagram tag you. and the Twitter. Please yeah. tag us. We'll make it the. The thumbnail for this episode. Oh, I really will. Please do it. Yeah, because we have all to right. do that all today also. And I have to edit this today. So, hey, yeah. we should wrap this up. Chet, do you have anything to plug before we get out of here? Yeah, my new uh, Countless Thousands Patreon. We're putting out uh, whatever. <laughs> okay. Jen, do you have anything to plug? I actually do have a Patreon now for a dollar. That's just bullshit that I make. It's like notes and fucking doodles and paintings and shit. Yay. Yay. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Todd Brown. Todd with one D. Uh, Patreon.com slash unpops, unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech. You can get bonus episodes at both of those places. So go do that. Help us keep the lights on. And I think... That is it. Chet, what's the opposite of bad? I'm not going to say this because there's an audio clip you can inject now to to pry those words out of me. I would never. Will you please just say goodbye? Goodbye. Oh, thank you, nah. Chet. That was very, thank you for finally saying it. Oh! Jen, say Jen goodbye. Jen is so lost right now. Yeah, why does Chet not say goodbye? Because he's a, he's a jerk store. But also, Adam, Adam took clips of me saying certain words from podcasts and put them together. What words? And now drop it in. What oh, words? I'm not going to give you that satisfaction. Hmm. Jen, uh, Jen, will okay. you say goodbye so I don't have to edit it's a together? Weird stance. You saying it? Uh, au revoir. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bring a blood object to Bristol Street. Bring a blood object to Bristol Street. I'm